Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are a Bible-based church out of Peterborough, Canada, and together we're on a mission to reach people who are far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. I have a question for you. Are you a patient person? Well, in our text this week, James encourages us to continue to grow in patience as we await the return of the Lord. He will give us three examples of patience which help us to understand what it means to live out our faith in a way that pleases the Lord, patiently. With that, let's turn over to COVID-ridden Pastor Nathan as he brings part nine of our Book of James series entitled, Waiting with Patience. Hey everybody, Nathan here. It is uh, Saturday evening, uh, about 12 hours uh, before church uh, happens tomorrow, and uh, <clears throat> I have just tested positive for COVID, had a, a cough for the last day and a half, and was tired, and uh, uh, did a, my second test, and it, it showed positive, so obviously my, myself and, and my wife and our kids will be uh, will be at home for the next uh, five days and just recovering and going through the quarantine process. But of course, uh, we're in week nine of a ten week message series, and it's Saturday evening, and so there was really no way to uh, have someone else step up to speak. So I'm going to do my best. <clears throat> Pardon me if I cough a little bit. I'm going to do my best to uh, record this message for you guys. Uh, maybe it'll be a little bit of an abbreviated version, but uh, we're in week nine of a 10-week study on uh, the book of James. And, you know, as a, as a preacher and as a pastor, um, there are some weeks when I get really excited because there's a, a, a subject or a text that, I, you know, I really feel like I, I have some wisdom on or maybe it's something that I'm good at and I have some things to share with you. And I just get really excited about it. Today's not one of those weeks. In fact, uh, the subject for today is one that I actually happen to struggle with, which is tricky as a, as a preacher, as a pastor, as a communicator. Uh, I'd rather stick with my strengths. Uh, but there are some subjects that just are harder uh, for individuals. And for me, uh, it is uh, this one. Let me, sh- let me show you what it is. Our subject today is actually patience. Patience. Or patiently waiting. And my family will tell you, people that work with me, friends, uh, they know that like it's not that I don't have patience and it's not that I really struggle in that area, but if you made a list of my qualities, um, patience would not be anywhere near the top of the list. It would probably be towards the bottom of the list with things like, I don't know, like kindness and mercy. Uh, all things that I'm working on. I, I Trust me, I'm working, I'm doing my best to strengthen in those areas. But patience is not um, something that uh, that I particularly feel that I am strong. There's some other people who could really uh, talk about this more than I could today, but Without further ado, we want to we want to look at Merriam-Webster defines the word patient in this way. Uh, patient is uh, bearing pains and trials, pains or trials, calmly or without complaint. Calmly or without complaint. Now I'll tell you something. Every single one of us in our lives will have to deal with pains and we'll have to deal with trials. Every single one of us will deal with difficulties. Every one of us will have to wait for things. That, that, that's, that is just common to all of us. And so patience isn't just waiting, but patience rather is how you wait. Patience is how you wait. It's the, it's the way in which, the attitude with which you wait. And I think all of us, if we're honest, could, could use some work on our attitude while waiting, whether it's waiting for something God has promised us or waiting for our kids to turn their lives around or waiting for our spouse to apologize or waiting for a better situation at work. And, and, and life just causes these opportunities for us to wait. And so we just, we have to exercise patience. It's how we wait. It's, we all heard this saying, patience is a, is a virtue. And so we need to develop this virtue and strengthen it in our lives. Let me ask you a question. And I know I'm, I'm shooting this by video, but there are people in the room that can attest if you're raising your hands, okay? How many of you like waiting for things? Show of hands. Look around the room. 
I'm guessing nobody, uh, nobody puts up their hand. I, again, I said I struggle with this a little bit. Um, when I'm standing at a crosswalk, uh, it's that little button that you push to, to walk across, and I never just push it once. I push it, and then it's like, oh, nothing's happening. I push it, I push it, I push it. And I know logically that it's probably not going to change anything, but I push it anyways, just because I don't like waiting. Uh, elevators, there's a little door close button. I don't know who sets the delay on elevators, but it's always just about two seconds too long. At the grocery store or supermarket, I've been known, um, honestly, when I walk up, I always kind of scan the lines, and I look not just at how long, how many people in the lines, but how many items each person has, and I calculate and choose the best line possible uh, for speedy service to get out of there. And I've even been known at times to get into a line, and I'm in the shortest line I can find. However, my eyes are scanning all the registers, and I am uh, literally calculating the scans per second. Right, and, and there are some uh, some supermarket employees that are just like beep 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 beep. They're just going so fast, and then others just like beep. And they're trying to find a little scanner beep. And I'm calculating the scans per second. And I have even been known to actually leave my line to go to a longer line, knowing uh, that I'll get through faster. That's just how much I don't like waiting for things. As I'm trying to grow in patience, now sometimes I'll literally stand in line. I do my calculations. I can't stop. And I'll actually know that I'm in the longest line possible, the slowest moving line possible, and I'll just stay there. And I'll just remind myself that I need to work on on patience, on waiting with grace, on waiting. I mean, what's two minutes, right? So I'm learning and developing patience. And what we're going to discover today is that patience is actually something that we can develop. It's something that we can choose uh, to embrace uh, in our lives, and it, and it matters a lot. And so James is going to turn our attention towards uh, the subject of, of patience. Now, in the previous verses, the, before what we're going to read, in the previous verses, um, as we learned last week, James is writing to the rich. He's writing to those who have power, influence, opportunity, and those even who have abused others. And now, with this patience talk, he's really going to talk to the poor. And I would like to suggest that last week I said, hey, we're, we're kind of the rich of this world, and yet, at the same time, on the other hand, we're also, at times, part of the poor of this world. We suffer and we have difficulty, okay? So you, this applies to everybody. And so he's going to write to them, and he's going to write to those who are suffering, those who have been abused, those who have had things stolen from them, and he's going to invite them to have patience, which is not easy to do. Here's what he says in James chapter uh, 5, verse 7. It says, Be patient, therefore, brothers. And this is... This word brothers could be brothers or sisters. It's like, be patient, my family, my loved ones. Okay? Now, remember, the definition for patient is bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint. Okay? That's the definition of patient. Okay? He says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until. And I want you to notice that word, until. All right? It's really important because uh, patience is linked to something in the future. Patience is linked to hope. Patience is linked to something that we know is coming, and that's why we can wait. That's why we don't complain. It's why we don't lose our calm. It's why we have faith in God. Okay? It's linked to something. And so patience could be said to be waiting with purpose. Patience is waiting with purpose. Uh, so you're willing to go through difficulty. You're willing to suffer and not say anything because you know something good is going to come out in the end. You know that uh, even though you're being abused and taken advantage of, that God will make it right. And it's that hope and that trust that God will do something in the end that allows us to wait with patience and allows us not to react and allows us not to uh, defend ourselves and all those things. So here's what he says to be patient for. Verse 7, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the 
coming of the Lord. James actually reminds us that Jesus is going to return, that Jesus is going to come back to this earth. And when he does, it's going to change everything. We're going to talk about that. But you have to understand that the Jews of the first century, uh, before Jesus came, they were waiting for their Messiah, the one that the Old Testament had promised would come. And there are all these messianic texts, verses about Jesus' coming, that talked about how he'd come as a king and how he'd rule and reign and bring peace to the earth and destroy their enemies. And, and the lion would lay down with the lamb. And everyone's kind of like, wow, this is amazing. And they're waiting for this prince of peace to show up. But then there were also these other prophetic texts that talked about a suffering servant, like Isaiah, where it talks about how he's led to the slaughter, like a, like a sheep that's silent before his shearers. And so you have these two different versions of the Messiah, one that is a suffering servant and one that is a, a, a you know conqueror. And of course, we know, in hindsight, as we look back, that Jesus came the first time as a suffering servant to pay for the penalty of our sins, but then he would return and is coming again. And so we await his second coming, in which he will rule and reign and make all things right and new. And James is going to say the reason why Christians, you and I, can be patient in the face of suffering, persecution, people turning on us, anger, frustration. The reason why we can be patient in those moments is because we know he's coming again. Hebrews 9, 28 says this, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So Jesus is going to return. And when he comes, he's looking for those of us who are waiting, waiting for his return, waiting to see him again, waiting uh, for him to come for us. I love First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about how when Jesus returns, he's going he's gonna to appear, and all those who've been waiting for him, hopefully you and me, uh, those who are waiting for him will be caught up in the air to meet him. It's called the, the rapture. When I was a kid... Man, they talked a lot about the rapture, and, and there were times, you know, my parents would talk so much about it, that about us being taken up into heaven, that literally, uh, there were times, you know, I'd wake up in the morning, and I'd walk out of my room, and, and mom, dad, nobody around, you know, they went outside for a walk or something, and I would walk around the house just terrified that I'd missed the rapture, that, that they had been taken, because um, that's, that's what we, we talked about a lot, is that Jesus is coming any day, and the truth of the matter is, Jesus could come any day. He could come today. He could come right in the middle of our church service. Imagine that. Uh, imagine all of a sudden, and maybe it's already happened, and you wouldn't even know because I pre-recorded this, right? But I could just imagine it happening during church, and uh, all of a sudden, half the people in the room are gone, well, hopefully more than half. Imagine if the pastor got left behind. How scary would that be? I guess the one good thing would be that uh, there'd be lots of nice cars to choose from if you wanted to uh, take one of them home with you. I mean, it's just incredible that the people of God are waiting for Jesus to return and to bring them uh, to be with him. But there's something else that happens upon his return that James is going to remind us of. And at the very end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, in verse 12, it says, Behold, this is Jesus, I come soon, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. So there's a judgment day. There's a day of reckoning. And this is really important, especially for those of you listening today who have been hurt and abused. People have taken advantage of you. And it seems like there's no justice. And it seems like those rights, those wrongs will never be righted. Uh, no one saw. And uh, you, you've dealt with bitterness and hurt. But James is going to remind us that when Jesus returns, he will right every wrong. 
He will bring those who have abused you to justice. And those of us who have loved in secret and no one's seen, he will honor us and lift us up. There's this day of reckoning coming, and that's what gives us hope. See, patience is fueled by hope. Patience is fueled by hope. I've heard stories and watched movies about people who were in the war. Maybe they were shot down over Japan and in a concentration camp or maybe in a Nazi gulag. And and in those places, these soldiers starving, feeling like they're going to die any day, and they would open up, they'd have a little watch or a little box, and they would have a photograph of their wife, a photograph of a child, of a parent. And just that image of their family, that reminder that there's someone out there who loves them, that was enough to carry them through. And some of them didn't make it, but some of them did, and it was their hope to see their family again. It was their hope for freedom that kept them going through the most difficult times. And James is saying, listen, Jesus is coming. Just keep holding on. Jesus is coming, and he'll make it all right. I love what Tertullian said. This is great. This is an old, old quote, but he said this, hope is patience with the lamp lit. And I love that. It's it's sort of a, uh, an allusion to uh, the parable of the virgins. And if you've ever read this, these ten virgins, and, and they have their lamps and they have their oil, and some of them run out of oil, but the others are prepared. And, and when the bridegroom is coming, they light their lamps, and they're, they're waiting with expectation to run out to meet the bridegroom. That's what we're called to do. In spite of what we experience in this life, we are patiently waiting for the return of Christ. By the way, our willingness to wait is equal to the value of the thing that we're waiting for. If I were to tell you today that if you don't if you stick around after church, you can have free ice cream, Corth Dairy. Right? Some of you might get excited, you're like, great, but then you find out you have to wait for your ice cream. And some of you might wait five minutes, ten minutes. If you really like ice cream, you might wait a half an hour. But after that, people would just start leaving. They'd be like, forget it. It's not worth it. I can go buy my own. But if I told you that if you waited around long enough, you could get a million dollars, there would be people camped out in this gymnasium. I'm sure of it. There'd be people that would wait months and months, perhaps, because the value of the thing that you uh, are pursuing will actually determine the, your willingness to wait. And, and, and James is going to remind us that the thing that is coming, Jesus' return, is worth more than anything. And so we must be willing to wait and exercise patience. So James is going to give us three examples of patience for us uh, to consider. The, the first one is the farmer. Now, by the way, if you are not a patient person, please do not get into farming. I've planted some vegetables in my yard. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of work. And it takes a long time to see that fruit uh, come. Here's what he says about the farmer. He says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rain. So the farmer uh, goes out and turns over the soil. The farmer plants the seeds carefully, covers them up. Um, the farmer weeds. Uh, the farmer runs off the vermin. He's doing all this work. And then trusting, this is so important, trusting that the early rains, okay, so in, in Israel in the late fall, they would have a, a rainy season that would fertilize and water all of the plants. And then uh, there would be a dry spell, and then there would be another set of rains that would help bring in the harvest in, in what we would call spring. And so it was really important to plant your stuff at the right time, and then you had to trust that the early and the late rains would come. So you'd have to do your part and trust that God would do his. Did you know that patience is a process, right? Patience isn't just something you have. It's, it's a process, and it's, it's something that you, you, you have to continue in, right? So, so many times we're like, God, I want your promises, I want your provisions, but we don't want his process. 
And God wants to lead us through a process where we grow and develop our faith. He wants to bring us through a process where we, uh, uh, where we uh, grow and develop in our patience. Right? Here's a tip. Here's a tip. Don't, pay, don't pray for patience. Okay, that's, that's a good tip. Don't pray for it. Because God won't just give you. He won't download patience to you. What's he going to do? He's going to send you problems. He, he's going to send you an angry spouse. He's going to send you a bad boss. He's going to send you a bunch of little people with your last name that act like demons. Okay? He's going to send everything, and, and those will be opportunities for you to go through the process and to develop patience. It's like build, if someone says, I want to build muscles. I want to build muscles, Nathan. I'd say, get down. Give me 50 burpees. And then we're going to do push-ups. And then we're going to do chin-ups. And then uh, squats. And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want muscles. Well, there's a process to get it. And it's the same with patience. Patience is available, but there's a process that we have to to go through. So here's the thing. When uh, someone near you is annoying you, uh, that's your opportunity. You can just turn to them and just say, you, God is using you to work in me. Why don't you do that right now? I want you, everybody turn. I know I'm on video and I can't see you, but I want you to turn to someone near you and say, (laughs) God's at work in me and he's using you. He's using you. That's an important thing to remember. And he's using the people around us, the situations to develop patience. The farmer has to trust the process, has to trust the process. You know, you do your part and trust that God will do his. And this is so important for us. We, uh, you know, if you're a parent, um, you invest seeds into your kids, you love them, care for them, you spend money on them, you teach them, you bring them to things, and you invest seeds into them, but you have to trust that God is the one who will bring the rain, that he'll be the one that causes it to grow, that he ultimately will lead and guide them where they need to be. And that's a really hard thing to do because we want to control everything. So we have to trust the process. We need to keep planting, keep weeding, keep running off the, the, the pests, and the harvest will eventually come in. So James says, hey, as you develop patience waiting for the Lord, I want you to remember the farmer who trusts the process. He goes on in verse 8 to say, you also be patient, establishing your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. He says, I want you to establish your hearts. I want you to be rooted. I want you to decide in advance how you're going to think. That's what he's talking about, that you're going to trust God in the process. Now, verse 9, I stared at this one for a while. Uh, Verse 9 says, do not grumble against one another. Don't grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. And I thought, what does grumbling and judging your brother have to do with farming? And then it dawned on me, nothing. It actually has to do with what comes next. The second example that James is going to give us, first one was a farmer. He says, patient like a farmer. And then he's going to say, patient like a prophet. Patient like a prophet. And this is, this is interesting because prophets, um, prophets suffered a lot of abuse. Okay? If you read the Old Testament and you study the history of the Old Testament prophets, man, people never believed them, never listened to them. Uh, they just seemed to get abuse everywhere from people. Uh, which I think is why James is telling us um, not to grumble against one another. He's like, people are going to get under your skin, but I want you to continue to be patient like a prophet. He says this, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The prophets were rejected by their own people. Have you ever been rejected by your own people? I think we all have, and it's a horrible feeling, and it continues to happen. 
And it's very easy for us to begin to defend ourselves, attack other people, grumble, complain, backbite, all of that stuff. But James is like, be like the prophets who stayed so on mission, I'm going to do what the Lord has called me to do, and I'm going to ignore the negative voices, I'm going to ignore the criticism, I'm going to ignore the attacks, and I'm going to be faithful to God. Did you know that Jeremiah the prophet preached for over 40 years? Nobody listened. Perhaps that's why they called him the weeping prophet, right? Uh, Nobody listened. 40 years. He just kept being faithful to God, even though the people criticized him and would not listen. Ezekiel prophesied to a people who were hard of face and obstinate of heart. Like, nobody listened. And Elijah was having his life threatened. So the prophets were ignored, they were ridiculed, they were laughed at. People turned their backs on them. And here's something really interesting. that The prophets served faithfully because they did not take it personally. The prophets, although I'm sure they felt it very deeply when they were rejected by their people, they just kept remembering, God's called me and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do and I'm going to ignore all of this from other people. And James says, I want you to have patience like that. Patience like the farmer, okay? Patient with the process that God's leading you through, but also patient with people, right? Patient with people like a prophet. Faithful to do what God has called me to do, not to take people's comments, their hurts, and the things they say personally. Matthew 5, verse 11, uh, Jesus says this in his Sermon on the Mount, which connects to the prophets. He says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Jesus doesn't say you're blessed when people are mean to you because you're a jerk. He says you're blessed when people are mean to you because you're doing the right thing and you're following Jesus and honoring him. And if that's the case, he says, verse 12, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus says the prophets, they had to put up with people. And as you're patient, waiting for the Lord to come, you're going to have to put up with people. Hey, look, our church isn't perfect. And people attack one another and people get on each other's nerves. That's part of the process. So we got to be patient like the farmer, patient with the process, patient like the prophets, patient with people. And the third, in verse 11, he says, Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast, those who continue to move forward in patience in spite of difficulty. He says, You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. So we have patient like a farmer, patient like a prophet, and now he says patient like Job. Now, of course, if you know Job's story, we all suffer loss. We all lose people we love. We all uh, struggle. We all have sickness and illness. I mean, that's life. But Job's story takes everything to another level. If you ever read uh, the book of Job, you see that Job is wealthy and he's a family and literally in a short span of time, all his kids are taken from him. Not one, all his kids, all his wealth. And then his health is taken. Literally the only thing Job has left is his life, barely, and his wife. (laughs) Some of you are probably laughing that God left the wife because uh, she seemed pretty bitter. But then as I thought about it, I think we're we're hard on Job's wife because uh, wouldn't you be bitter if you lost all your children and all your wealth and your husband was sick and on his deathbed? I mean, Job loses it all. And yet he will not curse God. He will not blame God. He's faithful and steadfast in his circumstance. So we got patient like the farmer, trusting the process. Patient like the prophet, patient with people. And finally, Job, patient in every circumstance. Life will throw all kinds of things 
at us. And James says, I want you to be patient like Job. He says this, you have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how he is compassionate and merciful. It seems so unfair, all the things that Job suffers, but in the end, if you go to the end of the story, God blesses Job, he has more children, he gets more wealth, and uh, he becomes an example for others to follow in his faithfulness and his patience. See, here's the thing. For most of us, we're not patient because we don't know the end of the story. We haven't seen what God is going to do, how he's going to take our situation and turn it around, how he's going to take the things we suffer or the words spoken about us, or the process we're going through, which is so hard. And he's going to turn it all around for his glory and for our good. So James is reminding those in the first century, and by the way, you know, we've got our issues. There's lots of things going on in our world. The early Jews were persecuted by the Romans, taxed, beaten, and then they were persecuted by their own Jewish brothers because of their faith in Jesus. They were under a lot of persecution. And James is going to remind them, patient like the farmer with the process, patient like the prophets with people, patient like Job in every circumstance. There's, there's one last verse, and then we're going to close it down here. One last verse. It says, but above all, verse 12. This is like a throw-in. James is like, oh yeah, this is really important. Do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. This is really important. James is almost citing word for word the words of Jesus. um, That we should not be making oaths. The Jews in that day, uh, if they were trying to convince someone that they were speaking the truth, they would be like, I swear on the temple. I swear on the heavens. I swear. And, and, And James says, people of God are to be honest and truthful. And you just need to say yes. No, you don't need to swear. You don't need to do any of that. And this was really important. He says, I want you to just put that aside. So today as we wrap it up, patience, something I think we're all working on. Can we agree? And God wants to develop patience in us. Patience like the farmer, right? The process, God is leading us through a process. He'll use people, he'll use circumstances, and we have to do our part and then trust God to do his part. Secondly, patience like the prophets who... We're patient with people. People in your life will hurt you. People in your life will let you down. But we await the coming of the Lord and we're patient with people. Thirdly, patience like Job with every circumstance that that comes our way. The good news is that Jesus is coming soon. And when he comes, he will be looking for those who are waiting with their lamp lit. Those of us who are waiting for his return, looking forward to seeing him. Looking forward to being with him. And I hope that that is uh, you, and I hope that it's me. And so uh, let's pursue patience together. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for this morning. And um, while I can't be there in person, Lord, I know that you're moving and you're working in the hearts of every person in the room, online. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to help us to develop patience, that you would walk us through the process of developing patience. Patience like the farmer who trusts that as we do our part, the early and late rains will come, that God, you will do your part. Like the prophets who were putting up with all kinds of rejection and hurt from people, and like Job who dealt with extreme circumstances, that through it all, you are God. Through it all, you are Lord. And that somehow you will take everything we experience in this life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you'll turn it around for your glory and for our good. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. 
What a champ. Nate, thank you for delivering that message while being sick. And thank you for listening and tuning into our podcast. Please keep up with us on all of our socials. Our website is pathwaylife.com, instagram.com forward slash pathwaylifechurch, facebook.com forward slash pathwaylife. And if you need prayer or care, our staff meet every Tuesday to pray for you. Hit us up at pathwaylife.com forward slash care. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great and safe week, and we look forward to seeing you real soon. Bye.